This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. We're internet sensations, guys. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons, 3 to 7 on WSJS. You are on a Thursday drive. It is WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad, where in 10 minutes or so, WD is going to review his first movie of 2024. It's the Denzel Washington classic, Man on Fire. That will no doubt be fun. But before we play Blue Bayou or start talking about uncomfortable places to plant explosives, let's hit on the Carolina Panthers real quick. Thanks to Reese Davis, Jalen Milrow, and Pat McAfee, the nation learned of the acronym L-A-N-K over the weekend, which of course stands for Let a Naysayer Know. How'd that not make it into grammar school? Missed opportunity. And while the jury is still out as to whether Bryce Young is going to be a franchise quarterback and let all his naysayers know, Bryce has proven he's not too small to hold up in this league. That is one thing you can take away from 2023. Bryce, he's proven he's not too small to hold up in this league. Again, he might not pan out due to lack of overall support, maybe overall talent level that he possesses but it won't be because of his size, like so many said during the draft process. The naysayers got that one wrong, and here's the proof. He missed just one game this year. It's still disputed if he actually got hurt for the Seattle game. My theory is he played on a Monday night. It was a West Coast road trip, his first long, his first short prep, and it just so happened to be on the road. Carolina probably was playing it safe and decided to sit him out. If it was a game Carolina needed Bryce Young to play in, he probably plays in that game. We'll never really know for sure, but that's the only game that he's missed. Meanwhile, Anthony Richardson can't say that. He's missed essentially his entire rookie season due to injury. Had a concussion and then a shoulder deal. He's played more games Bryce has than C.J. Stroud, who's missed a couple of games. Bryce Young's held up, and... None of those other two quarterbacks have faced the type of pressure Bryce Young faces week in, week out. Bryce has been sacked this year 59 times. That is second in the NFL. Chris Tabor says that this proves that, physically speaking, Bryce is going to hold up. I mean, he's obviously very physically tough. I, I think he, I think he's proven that. Um, the other area where he's extremely tough is mentally. You know, I mean, he, he's, he has, and I, and I think I stated it two weeks ago after the Green Bay game, you know, when, when the mood was better, uh, my, my thoughts on him haven't changed at, at all. He, he's, a, he's a tough customer. He's a winner. He works at it. Um, he, has, he has all the intangibles and uh, really still like where he's going. Okay, cool, Josh. He's able to play every Sunday. That doesn't does that mean he's able to make all the throws though? That's necessary. Yeah. Did you watch the Green Bay game? Over 300 yards passing? Oh, but that was against a terrible defensive coordinator. Got it. Got it. How about the week before that when he was 75% completion against the Falcons and led that game-winning drive? This is proof that his size doesn't hold him back in terms of throwing the ball. He's had six batted passes this year. Six. 
Six deflected balls in 15 games. Six batted passes out of 509 attempts. Six. That is tied for the 30th most in the NFL. Oh, he's so small. Guys are just going to bat his passes down left and right. Just hasn't happened. Clearly, Bryce can make all of the throws. And off the field? This might not matter so much to you, but it matters to anybody who's in an administrative position in the NFL. Coaches, it certainly matters to. Could you have handled yourself better than Bryce Young has amid everything that's happened this year? All the losing, a coach being fired, an owner throwing a drink on someone. Bryce, has there been a controversy? Has there been a TMZ video? Oh, Bryce Young's out. Oh, Bryce Young's throwing his money around. Bryce Young's getting in trouble. Bryce Young's got a DUI. Has there been anything resembling a scandal? Oh, Bryce said this in the media. Bryce said this thing. Oh, it's a controversy. Has there been anything? Usually losing creates this. And at the age of 22, Bryce has acted perfectly in terms of how you're supposed to handle yourself as a franchise guy, including absorbing blame. Absorbing responsibility. That's what leaders do. Here was Bryce speaking about his season at large yesterday. Um, I assess my season based off of the, you know, my job as a quarterback is for us to win games, us to be, um, you know, to, to lead the offense, to lead the team, to win games. And obviously we haven't done that. Um, so there's a lot of things that I have to improve on um, that we have to improve on. Um, so, you know, it's not all not all bad, not all good. Um, you know, there's stuff to, to, to build upon and there's stuff to learn from and, and to grow from. Um, but ultimately, you know, the the reason we're all here, why, why, you know, what the league's all about is winning games. And I didn't do a good enough job of that at all. To reiterate, Bryce might not ever get the support he needs. Bryce might not pan out in terms of being a pro bowler or a franchise guy. The af- level of athleticism might not be enough. His talent level might not be enough. We'll see. We don't know about that piece. But to quote Roy Williams, don't make up crap. People say he can't hold up physically. He's too small. He wasn't too small in the SEC. And this year he's proved, despite being sacked 59 times and being the size that he is, his passes don't get batted down. He's not missing games due to injury. If he fails one day, it's not going to be because of his size. That is one way in his rookie season he's proven the naysayers wrong, letting the naysayers know, so to speak. On X, at WSJS Radio, if you want in, that's where we're streaming video in addition to YouTube and Twitch. Will Dalton, the executive producer of the show. WD, before we get to your movie in about 10 minutes, not even, five minutes or so, don't we still have tickets to give away later this hour? We have one more pair for Wake Miami. About that. Massive game yes. on Saturday in Winston-Salem. In fact, after last night, the stage is set for this mega doubleheader that the ACC has Saturday afternoon. It starts at noon, North Carolina at Little John Coliseum to face Clemson. Yeah! Thank you. Tar Heels, they're coming off a road win at Pittsburgh. Clemson was beaten last night by Miami. Only their second loss of the year so far. What a matchup this is. Number eight at number 16, North Carolina at Clemson. A massive game when it comes to ACC standings when it matters. Then at 2.15, after that nooner, it's the game we just told you about. Wake Forest hosting Miami. The Canes, 
They're 11 and 2. They're riding high. How about this? Without Wooga Poplar in the lineup, they dropped 60 in the second half on Clemson. Just shooting the lights out in uh, Coral Gables. And a win for Miami would certainly have them back in that national conversation if they're not there already. A win for Wake Forest. If they, if they win nine in a row and start ACC playoff 3-0 and and beat Miami, that put them in the national conversation. That chatter's already started. John Rothstein, we sleep in May, already talking about Wake being a sleeper in the ACC. Seen folks at ESPN saying it. Jay Billis saying Wake Forest is really good. Last night on the broadcast, Debbie Antonelli, Anish Roth tweeting me saying, hey, don't write off the Deeks. There's the chatter about Wake Forest. Can they back it up with a win against Miami? That would be a big one. These are four of the top five teams in the ACC going head-to-head on Saturday. Duke's the other one, obviously, in the top five that's not in one of these matchups. They'll go to Notre Dame where NC State won last night. But nobody outside those five have a chance of winning the league. Talk about Wake, Miami, Carolina, Clemson, Duke. Those are the five best teams in the league. Best five teams of the league, and we have four of them going head-to-head Saturday afternoon. What a great way to start the 2024 calendar year. Another great way to start off the 2024 calendar year, WD's first movie of 24 being Man on Fire. 20 years old this movie turns. And WD, I have an important question. Do you think God will forgive us for what we've done? At the movies with the WD. Next. Now back to the drive with Josh Graham. At the movies with the WD. Man on fire. This is exciting. BDOT told us that this is a movie that made him cry. We'll get back to basketball in a bit. Get to NC State's win last night shortly. Action-packed movie. Because the calendar now reads 2024, this movie, 20 years old now. So we'll get into it right now. Unless you're talking about Star Wars. Obi-Wan has taught you well. Movies aren't exactly Will's thing. I don't get it. You uncultured swine! But that's about to change because Josh can't stand it anymore. This is At The Movies with Will Dalton. Okay, Will. I told you I really like this movie. It's one of my favorite Denzel movies. It might be my favorite Denzel movie. I'd have to think about that for a little bit because I love Denzel. He's one of those people that mean a lot to me. You texted me that this movie exceeded expectations for you. It did. Um, What did you like about Man on Fire 2004? I mean, Denzel's performance was just glaringly good. I don't know if this is offensive to say. It might be. Okay, give it a shot. But we'll just throw it out there. Uh Uh-huh. I like watching Denzel Washington kill people. It was so... And you know what? It's interesting. It, it's one of those things. Like if the equalizer's on, equalizer two, equalizer three, which is now on Netflix. Yeah, sometimes you just want to watch Denzel kill some people. Yeah, and he does a great job of that in this movie. He does. And similarly to John Wick, that's one of the things I liked about that movie. Was I guess 
the violence and just the all the killing and things like that. Is it too soon to say that John Wick kind of ripped off this movie? No, because because rather than I feel similarly, girl, rather than a girl being killed, it was a dog. Essentially, they kind of ripped off Man on Fire. That's what John Wick is. Yeah, and it, it makes sense because I feel similar. There's the club scene. Yeah, where you can't tell me that John Wick didn't rip off that club scene. Yeah, that from Man on Fire where. Denzel has the do-rag on. <laughs> Yay! Do-rag! There you go. No, I feel very similarly about these movies. Uh, his performance was good. I mean, he was just a savage in this. Uh, it did feel like a version of Taken. Uh, you know, Denzel kind of being on the warpath, trying to find, you know... Uh, I don't know. It, it, he was really good in this. The movie was very intense. It was. Taken but... ripped off this movie, too. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Um, but it did it did kind of have a feeling of taken as well. Also, something I learned in doing a little bit of homework as well about this movie. Apparently, Dakota Fanning, that's the little girl, the actress. We all know who Dakota Fanning is. Okay, well, I don't. So there you go. I do now. Apparently, I guess she was 10 years old. She was a huge deal in the mid-2000s. Maybe the greatest kid actor performance ever, this movie. Yeah, she was 10, and now... If that relationship isn't believable or doesn't work, (laughs) this movie doesn't work. No. And and we're not talking about it 20 years later. But the swim scenes, I just want... I want an hour Mm -hmm. of that. I wanted an hour of Denzel coaching Dakota Fanning Olympic swimming style. Yeah, I mean, and that was another thing I had written down, was their relationship in this movie. But now, 20 years later, apparently, they're starring together in Equalizer 3. Which That's I right. Because I haven't seen any of those Reunited. Movies, so, so I wouldn't know that, but pretty cool. Apparently, the director was such a huge fan of Man on Fire that Makes they sense. tried to get those two together yeah. in Equalizer 3. So, also, yes, there is a reunion. Also, the bomb up the dude's butt. That was a highlight of it. I got time, but you don't. <laughs> I wish you had more time. Yeah. What didn't you like? The ending was sad. It was it was ha- well let me let me let me pause. It was happy slash sad. It was happy that they got the girl back, a life for a life type deal, but it was sad because Denzel had to go. Well and I have the ending died. down too. I have the ending down too, not because it was sad. It was. Some things don't add up. And I'm talking about in terms of math. Why did Denzel have to die? Oh, a life for a life, like you said. We got shot. Last I checked, it was Dakota Fanning in exchange for the prisoner. The brother. Yeah. Why did Denzel have to go? That's, that's valid. That's you, not explained. That wasn't explained at all. That's fair. Didn't need that. Yeah. And also, even after he was taken, this is movie making 101 here. Why did we have to put a like uh, date of birth, year of birth, end of birth to signify that he died? At the end of this movie, he's a fictional character. Why did we have to do that? Why did you have to kill off Denzel? Why couldn't it have been ambiguous? He's looking out the window. Like you could have set up a sequel for this movie. You killed the sequel you know by putting at the very end that like you could have easily made this a sequel without having that there. You Nothing's know, lost from this movie. That's a good point that you say that because coming down the stretch here towards the end of the movie, I thought, oh, there's is there is there a sequel to this? But then of course I've realized there isn't. <laughs> Terrible, but just a very bad job. Also, making Mexico City look like the worst place in the world, oh, yeah. and then they put up the graphic at the end. Thank you to Mexico City, such a lovely place. Yeah, thanks for 
Yeah, Let for two hours you made bit. it seem like hell on earth. Thanks, Mexico Thanks. City. Appreciate you from uh, your old buddy Tony Scott. What's the best quote? Creasy's art is death. Yeah. He's about to paint his masterpiece. No, you can't say it like that. You got to say it like Christopher Walken. I can't say it like him. Creasy's art is death. <laughs> and he's about to paint his masterpiece. Yeah, it could be better. Yeah. I wish he had more time. That, that's up there. I got time to do, though. Great. I. It used to be a running joke with college buddies of mine. We'd be like... Do you think God is going to forgive us for what we've done? <laughs> no. <laughs> While they're just eating at a barbecue. All right. Rotten Tomato score. Uh, 90. Wow. 89%. How about that? Here's what's great about <laughs> Man on Fire, though, and why we want to choose movies for the people. Uh-huh. The people say this movie's an 89%. The tomato meter, which is... Reviews from critics yeah. give this a 39%. Whoa! Wide discrepancy between wow. how this movie is viewed critically and how this movie is viewed by the people. Wow! We need to figure out a movie for WD next week. Feel free to shoot us some suggestions. We certainly welcome those. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. We welcome any and all opportunities to talk hoops on this program. And right now, Jeremiah Tillman from the Greensboro Swarm joins us. Swarm at home next Wednesday, next Friday, next Saturday at the Fieldhouse. For tickets, go to gsoswarm.com. All right, Jeremiah, let's get to you a little bit. Let's get to know you a little bit. You're a proud Missouri Tiger, right? Yes, I am. Very proud. The youth, Lincoln Martin, <laughs> they were making it happen uh, back in the day. Around here, we're familiar with great college rivalries like Duke and Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, many down the line. How would you describe Missouri's relationship with the Kansas Jayhawks? Um, I had to learn when I got there because I didn't know like the history behind it, but my freshman year at Mizzou, they had played. We played with Kansas, and they had we had not played them in so so long. I had people coming up to me I ain't never talked to, like y'all better win that game. I, this down other, it was like crazy. Like the atmosphere on the campus was like so crazy to actually to fit them like playing against each other. So it's a big rivalry, obviously that is Mizzou and Kansas, but they take that stuff serious out there. Like diehard fans when it comes to Mizzou versus Kansas, they ain't playing around. Has that come up between you and your fellow Swarm big man who also went to Kansas, Marcus Garrett? Actually, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we talked about that a, a few times when we, when we first got on the team together. It was all jokes, though, but it wasn't nothing too serious. See, here's why I bring up your college days. I, I went back to digging circa 2015, 2016, because you're from the Midwest, Illinois, Indiana, that area. Do I have it right? that North Carolina was one of the schools that had offered you a scholarship and that you were strongly considering? Yeah, definitely. They came, they literally came to my house and was like, yo, we give you an offer, but you got to leave East St. Louis. And I was just like, huh? Who's like, they? Is it Roy? Yeah. <laughs> what do you remember about that? I'm interested now. He's in, your, he's in your he house? Was, he was in my living room on the couch. And I was just like surprised that he actually like came to East St. Louis. Like he pulled up. And I'm like, for you to even be here is like, like, wow. 
But he was like, yeah, man, like, we really like you. We take a chance with you, but you got to leave East St. Louis. And I was just like, I asked him why. And, you know, the statistics behind all the good players that's there, like, never end up making it out. And I actually end up my junior year going to Lalamere because our school had went on strike. So it worked out well for me. And it just like, boom, I even got the offer from there. And it was like in my top five when I made my decision. I'm trying to think like guys who have come from that area to play for North Carolina. The first name that comes to mind is Caleb Love. Caleb Love. Yeah, facts. Caleb Love. He as Arizona now, obviously. But yeah, he definitely from St. Louis. And went to you remember North running into him? Who? Uh, Caleb Love. He's, you're probably a little bit too old for Caleb. No, Love. I'm not. When I go back home, Caleb Love, he's from St. Louis. We done worked out together multiple times. Like I didn't. Yeah, me and Caleb Love know each other. Yeah. So when Caleb Love hits the shot against Duke in the final four, what are you thinking? City went crazy. <laughs> the city went crazy. I'm like, bro, this young boy right there, man, like, had the city behind him. Because St. Louis, we, we take everybody when serious when it comes to, like, playing that basketball. Jason Tatum, Staple, Bradley Bill, everybody. Like, we got our we, – we behind. We stand behind each other when it comes to, to that. So, yeah, when he hit that shot, the city went crazy. Like, while, we're, while we're talking about the city, <laughs> and we'll Jeremiah Tillman's with us here from the Greensboro Swarm. What is the quintessential – Nelly music video like when you think Nelly music videos like what's the iconic one that you're like all right that's that's the one I need to show my kids this one day I need to show got, you said okay now that you say I gotta show my kids this I gotta switch the song uh I just say <laughs> well, never mind. Okay, when they're old <laughs> enough when they're old enough like yeah like if people say hey Jeremiah what's it's an alien who just showed up here Hey, what what is Nelly about? You gotta you gotta uh definitely show him the Air Force One song, stepping on my Air Force One. Yeah, gotta play that song. That's the first one that's gonna come to mind. Yeah, of course. If, are you from <laughs> St. Louis? If you don't own a pair of Air Force Ones, you gotta have a pair, bro. And you can't and you can't Actually, and you if, can't if more, I'm being, more if than I'm like being four correct, or five times. Like I, if I'm being technically correct, you don't need to have a pair. You need to have. Two pairs. <laughs> you, <laughs> you did your whole work. You did your whole work for sure. You can only okay. wear them like five times, man. You can't wear them too many times, and you got to keep a fresh pair on. That's, That's why they're so cheap. They only like ninety-eight dollars. They're so cheap. Five times. You got to find uh -huh. this. Is, this is advice. These are gems like that are being dropped <laughs> by Jeremiah Tillman today. So now you finally end up in the Tar Heel State. You didn't commit to North Carolina, play for the Tar Heels at that time. Now you're here with the Greensboro Swarm. How much exploring have you done? How much have you had a chance to get to know the city that you now call home, Greensboro? I've been locked in, honestly. I haven't had a chance to do anything. I'm either at the gym or at the crib. I haven't I haven't had no time. Well, I have time, obviously, but I haven't made it a priority just to just go out and look and adventure out in Greensboro. Like, this is the, start, this is the top of my third-year pro. I'm trying to... Stay locked in and, and go better places, man. I ain't trying to have fun right now. <laughs> I think you might have answered uh, my next question. We're being joined by Jeremiah Tillman. The Swarm begin a four-game homestand next Wednesday at the Fieldhouse, gsoswarm.com to get tickets. You guys have won three straight at home, and you specifically have had success lately. What's been working for you? Honestly, when I first got to Greensboro, I was kind of heavy. So I didn't like the, the weight. I didn't like how I was moving. And I would just been working from day one, just trying to get my body right, be in the best shape I can get in, and just waiting on my opportunity for real. Um, I've been staying patient, staying hungry, and just been working. And my opportunity came, and I was ready. And 
all that can speak for itself. The most high God, I just been keeping him first and just staying prayed up, man, and just waiting on my opportunity. And when he came, I was ready. So can I tell you why that's impressive? Most people come to the state of North Carolina and live in the South and they're literally hungry and then they become heavy. It's not <laughs> like they're heavy and then they get skinny when they show up. They they start perusing and they discover Biscuitville and cookout oh, and bojangles and yeah, all that stuff and they get heavy. My, even bojangles all the time though. I had to change my diet up though because I was so heavy. I was heavy, man. I, I was like 270. I ain't never been that heavy before. So it was hurting my knees and stuff like that. And I just didn't like the way I was moving because I like to be up and down the court. And I noticed like I'm running hard, but on film it looks like I'm jogging. So I'm like, yeah, I gotta change something up. So I just changed my whole diet. I started working a lot harder. Just just being in the gym, make, just being on top of everything when it comes to taking care of my body, honestly. Go watch Jeremiah Tillman, proud Mizzou Tiger, not a Tar Heel, perhaps playing with a Tar Heel in Leaky Black at times, uh, in the field house. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday of next week, and the following Monday in the afternoon, too. It's good Come to on. meet you. Come to all of them. Come to all of them, man. Please. All of them. Four for four. <laughs> Make it happen. Jeremiah Tillman will give you a high five if that happens. I uh, appreciate you spending the time, and I uh, hope continued success for you, man. I appreciate that, man, for real. Thank you. We must talk. Go ahead. Talk back to the drive with Josh Graham. We've got Wake Miami tickets to give away. One more pair in just a few minutes. Thomas Brown speaking to the media for the final time this regular season. There might be an opportunity to catch up with him in exit interviews, or this just might be it. All these months, looking forward to every week, getting that notification. Thomas Brown speaking to the media and pouring over all the useful, insightful pieces of sound that he had for us like that. throughout the year. We've enjoyed that. In reality, we mean the exact opposite of all those things I just said. But we've found ways to create content out of it, and today is no different. Thomas Brown, looking at this 2-15 and 15 season, 2-14, and 14, pardon me, that this season's been so far, Maybe 2-15. and 15. He tried to resist being reflective, swatting away per usual. A question from our friend Joe Person from The Athletic when asked about his next opportunity. If you are interviewing somewhere else or here, what would you say was your kind of best moment from this year or what, what would you hang your hat on? I appreciate the question, uh, but again, I'm just going to be focused on focused on today and as far as what I'm doing right now. I think being able to be evaluated by the outside world, even here when it comes to future stuff, will happen when it comes, but uh, I'm focused on the Bucks and as far as our overall approach to them. Call nah, me crazy. I'm not going to touch that one. Yeah. Call me crazy. I don't think he appreciated that question all that much. No, nah, I'm not going to touch that one. Thomas Brown, looking at Bryce Young, subtly said that Bryce's technique needs to be a priority for him this upcoming offseason. We've had a lot of issues when it comes to all of our overall fundamentals and techniques as far as being able to dress that to kind of get better. But I think, being again, being a rookie quarterback in a new environment, new system, 
Uh, he's done a really good job as far as adapting and adjusting when it comes to him progressing from where he started from a footwork and fundamental standpoint. But also, I mean, he's, he's a natural thrower of the football. So being able to, to build upon that to kind of work on the lower body half uh, from an offseason standpoint. It's hard to find the usefulness out of that word salad, but there was some of it there, I assure you. You like that? Every time he says the word stand, standpoint. <laughs> I don't like that, personally. I thought you might. Don't forget in the athletic story that was the bombshell from Diana Rossini and Joe Person last month, this was a point of contention. David Tepper feeling like the footwork wasn't where it needed to be for Bryce and then bringing that to Frank Reich in a weekly meeting and then not seeing enough progress after the Titans game. That's what ultimately led to the firing at that time of Frank. We can surmise David Tepper had an opportunity in a press conference to tell us why Frank Reich was fired at that point, but he said it's up for interpretation. You know, with concerts. Yeah, so we will interpret. That's what we'll do. We'll speculate, and that's a good thing to speculate about considering the reporting on the topic. But what was interesting is I don't think fans or people on the outside, based on the conversations I have with people within the building, appreciate how much of a time crunch it is when a rookie quarterback is taken pretty much at the start of May and has to play three, four months later in September. Like you can't you have to pick and choose the things you work on. And knowing that Bryce was gonna play right away, Carolina made sure to prioritize understanding the playbook, understanding the nomenclature, understanding the language, the offense, all those things, rather than spending X amount of time on his fundamentals, on his footwork, on these types of things. It was discussed that that would be a priority in the first offseason that Bryce has, first full offseason, after he's played games and has an understanding for how to call an offense, call plays out of the huddle, call plays with a uh, mic in his helmet, the whole deal. That was the priority. I think often fans take that for granted and think that's something that should happen right away, but in reality, that takes some time. Thomas Brown's last question as Panthers OC was a simple one. What went wrong? And here's how he answered. Um, and that's a loaded question. Um, maybe go for a last question. But I, I think as far as just the overall um, consistency, the communication, uh, and us always continue to find the best way to put our guys in the best spot to be successful. I think anytime you have um, changes, change can obviously be good, but also take some time to adjust and adapt to. But it's just, that's a, a pretty pretty in-depth combo we can probably have at a different time. I hope we have that combo one day, Thomas Brown. I thought you might. Really do hope. I'm going to miss that guy. Not really. No, nah, I'm not going to touch that one. Ajiro Evero. That's a guy I hope does stick around. The Panthers' defense has been incredible. And the best player on the defense, the best player on the Panthers altogether, has been Derek Brown. He was not, though, selected as a pro bowler yesterday. He was selected as an alternate in addition to three other Panthers. Ajiro Evero took issue with this earlier today. I just thought it was that was a miss. You know, uh, he's had a heck of a year. He's been uh, so disruptive. Uh, you could... Uh, not, I don't think it's arguably. I think he's been the best run defender in the NFL this year. 
Uh, he's done a heck of a job rushing the quarterback um, and creating pressures. You know, the interception, the batted balls. There's been so much production, uh, the leadership. He's been uh, instrumental in everything that we've done, and I think that was just a miss. I agree with that. But I remember when I was in Greenville, America. WD, did I ever tell you how I became a Bolitnikoff voter? No, you didn't, actually. Okay. As legendary of a thing that is, I think you well, should. ECU became wide receiver U while Lincoln Riley was there. And that if you look up the career receptions list in college football, the number one player in terms of career receptions in college football was Zay Jones in Lincoln Riley's offense. But that's not the crazy part. The crazy part is number two on that list, Zay Jones' college teammate, Justin Hardy. That's right. Career receptions list. You only have one football to throw in that offense, just like everybody else. You have number one and number two on the list. And we, I covered ECU closely, and Justin Hardy didn't get a fair shake when he wasn't named a finalist for the Bolitnikoff. Might have had some choice words to say about that at the time. ECU being overlooked and such. Zay Jones, he didn't win the award. I actually defended the Blitnikoff's decision not to do that. And then the next day I get a phone call while I'm on vacation in the Bahamas, and it's from the guy who runs the Blitnikoff saying, you know what, with all these guys in the Carolinas, as they said, being pretty good at catching the football, we might need somebody like you to vote for the award. So that's a, that's how it happened. And there the rest is history. So anyway, the reason I bring that up is because Zay Jones did not win the Blitnikoff, even though he had more than twice as many catches than – any of the other finalists. Like more than twice, like ridiculous numbers that he's putting up. But the reason why I had no issue with him not winning the award is because the team he played on was three and nine. Right? It'd be like having, it'd be like being, you remember Emerald on Food Network? Bam! Like one of the best chefs ever, Bobby Flay. And having the best recipes, best food, but you're in a restaurant that has cockroaches clawing, crawling on the walls. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good of a chef you are. The restaurant's not going to work, and you're not going to get good reviews because of all the other crap that surrounds you. So Derek Brown, as great as he is, and it is an individual nod, we understand it, because he plays on the worst team in the NFL, not going to get the benefit of the doubt, right or wrong. That's just how that works. WD, first person to call in right now. At 336-777-1600 gets tickets to go see Wake Forest play Miami Saturday at 215. This is a big game. Last night, I was watching Miami and Clemson, and I asked the question on social media, not intending to offend anybody. This is always my favorite one. People say, oh, you're just looking for the attention. You're just getting the attention you sought out. Oh, you're just trying to stir it up. You're looking for those clicks, even though there's nothing for you to click on. I just asked the question, other than Duke and North Carolina, who we know are ACC contenders this year, both are ranked, and Miami and Clemson, who were playing last night, is there anybody in the ACC that you could see winning the league? And even though I I talk more Demon Deacons than any other host in America, I should, we're here in Winston-Salem, I go to the games, we talk Deeks year-round. All the Wake Forest fans on social media came at me, like dozens of them out of the woodwork, saying, Wake Forest, and you're such a hater. How can you be in Winston-Salem and not say we have a shot at winning the ACC? You can hold multiple thoughts at the same time. 
I think Wake Forest is the top five team in the ACC. I think they're an NCAA tournament team. I think they're a sleeper. I think they could be a Sweet 16 team if they fully reach their potential and Damari Monsanto is the guy that he was before his injury coming back. I don't know if I could see a scenario of them going 16-4 and four to win the league, though. Right? Like, to put in perspective how crazy that is, I, Jeff Teague never won the ACC. And Wake was number one in the country when he was playing for them. Ish Smith never did. Al Farouk Aminu. Chris Paul never did. The last time they won the ACC was 21 years ago. Like, it's okay to say, maybe get to the NCAA tournament for the first time in seven years before we start talking about, let's win the whole league! And you're a hater for saying we can't do it, Graham! Right? So, I put this out on social media to make things right. Do you know Wake Forest has a new beer that's going to be at Fiddle and Fish called Roll the Quad Beer? I did not know that. If Wake Forest wins the ACC, I'm going to own up to this right now. If they win the ACC regular season, I'll let Steve Forbes douse me (laughs) with the Roll the Quad Uh, Beer. Well. David Tepper style. He will gladly do that. David Tepper style. Plastic cup. You can, whatever means you care to. There it is. It's not just a clown meme. If Wake Forest wins the ACC in basketball, regular season or tournament, fine. Both. Either. Roll the quad beer on my head from the Wake Forest basketball coach. And Steve Forbes, or pardon me, Stan Cotton says that he'll emcee it. There you go. Let's go. Do that. There's my commitment to that. I'll own up when I'm wrong. No problem doing that. It's the drive with Josh Graham. WSJS. Big movie news just dropped. Michael Mann, who just directed Ferrari, starring Adam Driver, which I watched last week, loved it, confirms Heat 2 is going to begin filming this year. Apparently, he wrote a book after the first movie came out that was a sequel to the movie. The movie never got made. Adam Driver is expected to be the star of this movie, or at least is in talks to be the star in Heat 2 as we welcome Hayes Permar to the show. Hayes, give me all you got! Give me all you got! The I'm action- cold on Heat 2. <laughs> the action is the juice, Hayes. I I'm had to freezing. get it on. I'm, I'm freezing on Heat 2. Like, I think we're close. We'll never fully free ourselves from, like, the remakes and the sequels. You know, pop culture is just too... Uh, it's too easy to go grab something that you know worked and like you'll get a minimum. Like everybody's looking for the, the 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 high floor, right? Nobody's looking for the high ceiling. But I think we're in an era of shaking free, maybe of the superhero retreads. Yeah, and I'm hoping we'll get rid of the. It's one thing. It's like if you got a hot new concept to do a sequel of that, but to to make a sequel of something that's 30 years old, where it's clearly just, I don't know, man. I'm I'm. There's very few remakes or 30-year-old sequels that I'm in on. And so I am cold on Heat 2. I'm excited for the future of movies for the first time in a while because this has been a great movie year. And Oppenheimer did so well. And Killers of the Flower Moon did so well. And movies like Aquaman and Fast 10 or whatever flopped. So maybe there's going to be more interesting original ideas that are made. 
but you're wrong on Heat 2 because Michael Mann doesn't really do sequels. When he does, it's like Aliens from Alien, <laughs> and it's fantastic. Or like another one is apparently there's a Gladiator sequel type that's coming out that Denzel Washington is going to be in, and you still got Ridley Scott <laughs> making it. I'm in on that too. I'm freezing. <laughs> I'm ice cold on Gladiator 2. It's a Gladiator 2 and Heat 2. I'm freezing on. No love. I'm cold. We got, um, <laughs> oh, while we're talking movies real quick, which movie should WD watch for the first time uh, next week? We got a movie that's 30 years old, a movie that's 25 years old, 10 years old, and uh, 5 years old. Speed, Big Daddy, Gone Girl, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's not even close. It's Speed. It's absolutely speed. Do you follow Ryan Nani, uh, a great college football guy? Yeah. He had a gig going for a while where, like, it was like he was in charge of letting people know if speed was on somewhere. I was like, speed looked like it was, I, I don't know. I feel like it almost kicked off the era of, like, we're not going to take Keanu Reeves seriously, are we? Like, the whole time you're kind of laughing at Keanu Reeves as an action hero, and then you get to the end, you're like, no, that was, that was really good. You know, like it was, we only knew Keanu as Bill and Ted. And all of a sudden it was like, all right, really an action movie. No lie. I remember going to speed in the movie theater at Pleasant Valley Promenade in Raleigh, North Carolina. A buddy of mine had told me like, it wasn't even advertised, but it was like a preview a, a week early even. And I wish I'll text my friends. We'll come up with it. We were 16 and Pleasant Valley like wouldn't let you in. It was an R movie, and you like they used to be more strict about that back in the day. So we had to buy tickets to some rom com. We joked about it for years. I want to go figure out what else was in the theater the, the week before Speed, and we all went in thinking we were just gonna like laugh at Keanu Reeves, the action star, and instead it was like that was a great movie. And Sandra Bullock is hot. Shout out ECU. Speed is the easy answer. 46% of the audience agrees with you leading the vote. So, yes, Speed is going to be WD's movie. For the only other week. one I heard was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I haven't even seen. Gone Girl? Enough. You haven't heard of Gone Girl or Big Daddy? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying the only one that would have challenged uh, uh, whatever. Big Daddy, not that great. Gone Girl, hugely overrated. Wildly overrated. Whoa. Not even a good movie. But Gone Girl, not a good movie. Wow. But I have heard once in a uh, once upon a time in Hollywood is good. I just need to get around to seeing it. Yeah, you do. Uh, we have a big announcement that we need to make, and we'll do that after we play skips or plays with Hayes. That's a team. Oh, Hayes Permar is somewhat of a Renaissance man, an expert in the finer things, but he hangs his hat on music. Loves his God, and he's no friend of Satan. Like oh six, getting busy with the sticks, been watching Big Mike and Lil Trick and Trip. I just need a Zion and someone he can dunk on. Today Hayes will decide if this music is smash or trash, glows or blows. It's time for skips or plays with Hayes. I feel like teasing it. It's gonna make the announcement disappointing when we get there. What? No. But we'll get no. to that announcement after skips or plays. The reason why we need to do skips or plays now is kind of by the same notion of doing movies that are now 30 years. 15, 10, 5, because he watched Man on Fire last night, which is 20 years old. Like, we Wizard need- of Oz, 85 years old this year. There you go. We WD says he has music that is 30 years old now, 20 years old, okay. 10 years old. That is going to make people feel old probably one way or another. 
What do you have first? All right, we're going to start off in 1994. Bring the it. sign, Ace of Base. 30 years old. Who is going to drive you up? Uh, great. One, one of the cool things about Ace of Base was like, they were nobody's favorite band, but they just had a different sound. They just sounded different, and they were good. I'm more of a, uh, oh, all that she wants She's another baby. She's gone tomorrow. That, that's more my speed, but this is a definite play. Shout out 1994. Excellent. Hey, I got a feeling WD only knows that song because of the movie Pitch Perfect. Have you seen Pitch Perfect? Well. Oh, never mind. Okay. No. I've never, I've never seen it. No. Oh, well, it's featured in that movie. No, nope. probably for. It's a great, great uh, hook or riff, whatever you call it. <laughs> Let's go to 2004, two, 20 years ago. 2004. Great move, great music year. I can already rattle up about five or six songs skip. from that year. It, skip. <laughs> this is like hey. Josh Graham's high school. Skip. No, no. 2004 was the year of Usher because the top. Two yeah. songs. And right. Usher's doing the Super Bowl halftime show in 24. Darn right he is. It's old man music. So let's just start it up. You have to. No other way. Kevin James and Hitch. WD knows. Gotta move the legs side to side. It stays right here. This is a huge play. This is an all-time banger. Yeah. It's, I mean, in in 50 years from now, whenever Rolling Stone does, it's like, you know, best 100 songs of 100 years. Like, yeah, it could be on there. It's a banger. Uh, also, shout out Usher. Did he get the Super Bowl because of his great performance at Dreamville? I don't know. You tell me, but I saw Usher at Dreamville. He was awesome. The, the cool thing that set Usher apart from Drake and Lil Wayne and Lil Uzi Vert and J. Cole and whoever was the next night was Usher came with a band. He wasn't like playing just off like the tracks playing off the speakers. They were playing the music behind him which made a huge difference. He was awesome. Still an entertainer. I was mad that people were hating on the Usher Super Bowl. That was me. I'm all in for it. Well, forget you. I have to check my language. I'm with you, Hayes. I love it. I love it. I love that you have two for two plays on that. Such a good song. Yeah. Now, this is the year that makes me feel old. 2014. Ten years ago. This is the year I graduated high school. Oh. Yeah. Rude by Magic. Great song. My buddy and I used to have a bit with this song where we'd replace the word girl with squirrel. (laughs) Dominated the summer. Marry that squirrel. Marry that squirrel, Hayes. Come on, Hayes. Look, I don't want to be old guy here, but Uh, I just got to say, I feel sorry for you, Will Dalton, that like these... Of the songs that you had in high school, well, you know, when I was rolling around with Nirvana and Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, I could have went happy got, by Pharrell. That's worse because it's Pharrell. Pharrell. That's Pharrell. terrible on your part. So. We're we're skipping this one. <laughs> Skip. Happy by Pharrell. 
terrible song, and the People mispronunciation is brutal on your part. People hated that song. Happy's, hey, I liked it. Farrell's got better songs. Farrell. He's got Farrell's got better songs. We both did. Yeah, it. like it's, a, it's Farrell. PH, it's PH. It's an F. So it's Farrell. Oh yeah, Farrell. Great songs like uh, Porti Valare and Step Brothers. Farrell. Farrell has guy. Some, some tunes but like with Happy. John C. Riley. It's not the worst, but it's like they wouldn't want to be the song that I'm like known by. Like if Ace of Base was like known for Happy, they'd be like, uh, well, we did the sign though. Here's an announcement that's not going to disappoint. In less than two weeks, Wake Forest basketball plays at PNC Arena at NC State. Hayes Permar runs the Rialto Theater in Raleigh. The Drive is going to be broadcasting live. Live action, Tracy! It's live action, Tracy! From the Rialto Theater. Oh, yeah. In Raleigh. Look at that. Hayes, we're pulling a college game day. We're coming to y'all city. And we're gonna is, do we're gonna do our show from there. <laughs> is the Washington State flag coming? Dude, no. <laughs> it's not welcome. Uh, the Washington State flag. That'd be great if I just got a Washington State flag to hang up in the background. Um, what's the exact date? Because I forgot to put it on my calendar when we talked about it. So let me make make sure this is so huge that I forgot to even write it down. Yeah. What what uh, date I is think it it's again? on the sixteenth of that January. That sounds right. All so right. Like uh it's, 12 days from now. That's right. that's when we'll be there. Hayes Permar doing skips or plays with Hayes. Live action, Tracy! It's live action, Tracy! In, inside uh, the Rialto Theater. We're excited. Nah, it'll be a great time. We uh, we might even throw your name up on the marquee if somebody hasn't like offered me a big price to, to do it better. So we'll get some good Instagram shots. And uh, <laughs> you'll excuse our mess. We're still a little bit under renovation, but we got cool stuff happening in the lobby. But the stage and the house all looks good. And we can't wait to have you guys down there talk a little ACC basketball. Talk a little DJ. I'm sure you talked about DJ Burns all day today. I didn't even get a chance to talk about how awesome that was. The only thing I want to say about that was his post move is beautiful. I have made Stop a him from going to his left. I have made a pay, post move that good, right? Like, I am capable of that post move. If I had made the move that DJ Burns did and the guy flew by me, if I wasn't close enough to put it off the glass... I would have left that two foot or one foot short. Like I would have been the guy that was like only thinking about the move, like sick move, sick move. He's going like, you're wide open. And then just, ah, I would have gagged it so bad. So credit to Burns. He's got incredible touch. It was a great finish. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Hayes Permar. Can't wait guys.